sworn enemies. Doesn't Spike get that this is my town? Out for blood. I'll take her apart. But this time, someone innocent... Spike! ...will get in the way. <laughs> An all-new Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Welcome to the Many Bucket Hats Willow Rosenberg, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. This week's episode is Season 4, Episode 7, The Initiative. We'll be talking about plot. We'll be talking about characters. We'll be talking about also plot and characters. So spoilers about for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, and possibly even other shows and movies. It is time to whip out the Ouija board. Light a few candles, summon some ancient, unstoppable, even evil, and podcast, podcast, podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's been many, many years. Uh, who, who are we? Do you even remember? My name is Kelly, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Stacia Halo. Hello. Daniel, say hello. Gee, I hope I'm not interrupting anything depressing. Oh, man. Gotta love the sad lesbian music. See that? People didn't know that Willow was going to venture into Ladyland, and yet here she is fucking Lilith fairing it up. So you guys just didn't pay attention, those of you who thought she was, you know, strictly dickly. Gross. (laughs) Sick dickly? Strictly dickly? You've never heard heard that before? I'm sorry. I've never heard that before either. Let's move on. What are we here to do? We're here to talk about Season 4, Episode 7, The Initiative. Originally aired November 16th, 1999, written by Doug Petrie. This is the fourth of 17 that he's written for the series. The last one was Enemies, and next will be This Year's Girl. And directed by James A. Cotner, who does a ton of episodes. This is 7 of 20 for him. The last was Harsh Lighted Day, so just a few episodes ago. And next will be Doomed, uh, which is the episode that Spike comes to join all of our friends. He's a, he can hurt a demon. Which I'm sure I will say that many, many times again. What happened in this episode? Uh, we find out that Riley is not who he claims to be. Well, I guess that's not true. He still is Riley. But also, he's part of a secret government organization called The Initiative. Which, this was going to be part of the fun facts. But, okay, so The Initiative. There's an episode of Angel in Season 5 called uh, Why We Fight. Which I thought was the name of the last episode because that's a much better name for the episode than what it actually is. It's the episode where Spike is a Nazi on a U-boat. The latest in fall fascism. Remember, he's pretending to be a Nazi. Angel is captured by the U.S. government as part of the U.S. government, a new covert organization called the Demon Research Initiative, the DRI. He's recruited by one of its members, Mr. Fury. Uh... And by when I say recruited, Angel's like kidnapped and and made to work for this government entity whose sole purpose is to like research demon physiology uh, during World War II to see if we could possibly use them as weapons. Uh, The Nazis, unbeknownst to us, have also been researching demons, specifically vampires, and they have a bunch of their research trapped in a U-boat offshore somewhere that Spike finds all the documents and destroys them so that they don't know about vampires. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Anyway, so the Demon Research Institute... Initiative. Initiative is the word. The research initiative eventually becomes the initiative because it feels like we never, after that episode in season five of Angel, we don't know what happens to them. But it turns out they turn were into they American, our initiative. Or were they? Yeah, they, they were the U.S. Okay. Yeah, the the Nazi Demon League or whatever. I don't know if they had a specific name, but. Anyway, yeah, you know, so that's yeah. that. We learned that Riley is part of a historic organization. <laughs> historic paramilitary organization. Uh, meanwhile, Spike 
we find out what happened to him. He got captured in the aforementioned initiative and something's a little weird with him. We don't quite know what, but it seems like Hostel 17 has been neutralized. He can hardly even bite anymore. Uh, Willow is sad and the end. I mean, it's really just about Riley and the boys. So mm. I'd love, love to get into it, but a uh, couple of fun facts. I'm sorry. I have too many notes. Jesus Christ. Wow. We learned Spike's age, kind of. I mean, of course, it's retconned almost immediately in the next season, but still. I'm only 126. However, we find out in Fool for Love that he was sired in 1880. So if he's 126 in this episode, that means he would have been born in 1873, which means 1880 is a weird date. Because if he was sired in 1880, because he could be saying he's 126 years as a vampire, right? But still, that doesn't line up. It's only three years off, but still. So if we're talking, if he's saying he's 126 because he was sired, it would be 1873 instead of 1880. But anyway, that's a fact. That's, again, refuted. Find Oz's full name, Daniel Oz Osborne. So. Have we never known that before? No, we've never heard his first name in there. Whoa. Yeah. Bombshell. (laughs) His name is your name, too. I know. After he's gone. I could have been calling Daniel the whole time. Damn it. Uh, yeah. you'll, well, you'll get one more chance. Well, two more chances, I guess. Yes. Uh, the names on the UCSD student roster mm-hmm. that Spike is <laughs> Hunt and Peck Googling for is uh, they're all names of the crew of the show. So mm. that's something. The facility the initiative has housed in with all its tinfoil glory is actually a Lockheed Martin facility where they made the YouTube bomber. And the like self-fighters. Yeah. They just rented out the spot. I guess so. I don't know if the Lockheed was still operating out of it at I'm the I'm glad they time. did. I'm glad that they went for it and got a whole thing because it it doesn't look great or anything, but at least it's like believable. Well, Josh said about the... It's Skunk Works is like the, the name of... Apparently that's a common name given to covert operations within things or like it's specifically organizations that have a ton of autonomy within a higher organization so lockheed martin is the overarching facility but skunk works was specifically their own kind of entity working yeah. on building the stealth aircrafts and stuff sweet anyway joss said about it go big use your imagination mm. do it go there this is a big budget movie <laughs> so then tinfoil on a balloon those yep. balloons Lighting props. Oh, Lighting really? props, yeah. Nice. Yeah, Petrie thought they just looked cool, but like they actually have a function. Apparently, they use them in night shoots to act oh. like moonlight. So this was also a warehouse situation where they could just put stuff in there. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love all it. the vehicles, all the things. Oh, wow, that's great. The clothes are there as well. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> and all the little uh, go-karts. Mm. They're not go-karts, but they, they look like go-karts. The Buffy promo poster for this episode uh, they're all black and white. I wonder if they were in the TV guide because all the ones that I've seen are in black and white. But the, it shows like a weird um, season four shot of Willow uh, photoshopped with a, a picture of Buffy photoshopped with a picture of Spike. And in the background it says, their worst fear is realized. Ellipsis. Spike will sink his teeth into one of them. <laughs> I was like, what a fucking misdirect. But okay, whatever. That does happen technically. And we'll talk about that later. We need but people to watch. I know. Uh, the original title for this, and I don't know if Petrie was joking, but he said that he wanted to call it Secret Agent Man. So okay, that's got to be a joke. <laughs> so there was two on the nose. People would know that you know it was coming that Riley was not what he I don't think be. anybody, if you saw Secret Agent Man, you'd be just like, yeah, this is, I know who it is. Who knows? Uh, there were no clues that Riley was a person, right? I mean, we didn't, do we know that? Do we know about Maggie? No. We didn't know about any of them. This no, was we all just, we just seen field. random paintballers until yeah, now. That's what I figured. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it is kind of a good reveal. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was great. But if if the episode had been called Secret Agent Man. I mean, but Buffy's cheeky enough that you'd be like, Angel I say to that, 
this is 90s technology. It's rare that you would know the name of an episode unless you were oh, really, really yeah, into it. True. So I think you could have totally gotten away with it. I know. Too bad. What do we think about this episode? Stacia, did you like it? Is it good? Is it your favorite? Do you love it? Um, I actually enjoyed watching it more than I thought I would. I found it pretty enjoyable, but in general, I don't like the initiative stuff. It's a big eye roll for me. So seeing the government space not that impressive it's basically just a giant hole in the ground covered mm-hmm. in tinfoil for some unknown reason for sci-fi don't really care about that but no. like seeing willow and riley together was really cute mm-hmm. having giles and xander being sad and alone boys together mm-hmm. was cute so all of those moments were fun um yeah. and it's funny it's, it's well written the dialogue it is great. funny yeah it is funny Daniel, you know, what do you, what what do you think? Me, well, it make, makes me furious because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I like it. And like, this is the only time that you can like legitimately like the initiative. Like, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really care for any of it. I know what's coming, so I'm not into it. But like, this is the only time that you can just be like, oh, this is fun. This is cool. Weird spy stuff. They mm-hmm. show up and they're like, what's going on? Even though you know. And once you know, it's tough to rewatch it and like really care about it. But yeah, it was when they walked up in there and did the little eye scan thing. It was great. It was mm. great. Um, it's, but the episode's not very good and it's not going to be good in the whole scope of this season either. So especially knowing what's coming, it's really, really good, but I, I don't know. Riley's just kind of annoying. And even the moment he was like, I like Buffy and you just got that pian- the guitar oh, underneath of it. it. I was just like, you look worse. You feel worse. Everything about like instantly. It was like, I could just watch him a static picture of him and it just slowly he just distorts into like this terrible character again just instantly i was like oh yeah i this sucks i just didn't like hearing him talk about buffy that way i think that well i guess i like her you're kind of like a moron so you you knew that i had feelings for everybody knows man this sucks. Even though the rest of it was adorable, like I just loved everything about him interacting with Willow, and everything's just so nice. And even with Buffy, like misunderstand, like they were both doing the same thing out in the by the park bench. Great scene, mm-hmm. fun, tension filled. Slap fight between Xander and Harmony oh, yeah, yeah. is like comedy gold. Harmony coming back, great, great call. Yeah. Like you didn't so have to do that. The unicorn man, poster, so good. We can talk about all that. <laughs> so uh, I think this is the best initiative heavy episode. I will say that. It only gets worse from here. The moment that we get Forrest as a part cyborg, I'm out. Oh, Oh, my God. I mean, that doesn't happen for a long time, I hate it. That's like three to the end. I hate it so much. I mean, I don't like the initiative period, but that's the moment that I'm like, I I wish this had never happened. Legitimately forgot that happened. It's like half yellow, and he's like, I feel more alive than ever, bro, or whatever he says. It's fucking fantastic. so bad. So there's only... There's a couple of ways I feel like we could talk about this episode, but I've picked my favorite. So we're going to break into a couple of chunks, basically character pairings, because I think it was the easiest way to talk about it. So we've got to start where the episode mm. starts with one of the l- most loaded scenes in Buffy history. I feel like there was so much to unpack in this cafeteria, and I cannot wait to get into it with the boys. The boys. It's time for Riley, Forrest, and Graham. They are here. One of them is queer. Get used to it. Women. Young, nubile, exciting. Each one a mystery waiting to be unlocked. Thinking I'm going to show? Because the party be lame if we lack for hotties. So, 
Riley and, and Forrest and Graham are at the table and they're scanning on Buffy. Mostly just Forrest is being disgusting and objectifying loser He's to overcompensate over for how gay he is. If you, if you were off put before by us saying that Joyce was a bad mom and you never understood it, we'll get ready. Because the amount of jokes we're going to do about Forrest is going to be exactly the same intensity and you will not understand it if you don't know. Like, I mean, I almost want to recite all of the dialogue because every single moment was just awful. Do you want to hit, hit me with, with some of the highlights? Did you? Well, I like girls that I can get a grip on. Well, if that was Riley. Yeah. Well, I, know, I bet oh, you do. I bet yeah, you yeah. Yeah. Well, Riley Obvious. says of Forrest, too. I'm, like, I'm not always ready for takeoff. Which... Oh, I know. Well, then... <laughs> Is she Canadian? Maybe she's, Maybe she's Canadian. Canadian. What was that? So that was a little inside joke. So oh, Graham, who is based on a friend of Doug Petrie's from college, who was a Canadian football player, mm. which is why he says the Maybe she's Canadian joke. I was like, mm, no one cares about this but you, Doug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love it because I when I was thinking about uh, Buffy's toy, what's the name of the... Mr. Gordo. Mr. Gordo. Guarantee you that's one of the one of the writer's dolls oh sure they yeah, grew yeah. Up. so it must be fun to put those little things yeah nobody else knows it although is. that was like a real line of dialogue and you're like i guess it worked because we think graham is a fucking idiot mm-hmm. and it's i i think he's a fucking idiot so is he right i think so we'll talk about buffy in this scene for a second just because like the show does this sometimes where they go out of their way to make buffy look like an idiot mm. and then we just drop it thankfully but like there's a couple of moments in the first season too where Buffy goes from being the one who solved it, like, Sonar, I know about Sonar, I solved the case, to like, I don't know how to do math, Bart, let's go. <laughs> like, what? I think What's it's happening? really, I think what made that so, such a fun scene is that we never see Buffy through anybody else's eyes. Or it's been a long time. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point. So I like to think that Buffy is a fucking klutz 24-7, but we get to see her through Superhero. the light of... Yeah. She is our person of, you know, that we see everything through. So because of that, we don't see her breaking the fucking the <laughs> Ball points can be tricky or whatever Willow says. Or just, <laughs> and just like uh, turning on the soda machine into that cup. Like what? Why would you? Who doesn't like watch it? You know, she yeah. just like turned it on. And, and what's with like the solo cup straight up? I feel like you would get a little fountain up. cup. Very strange. What, what is that about? But anyways, I, I feel I like to believe that Buffy is like this all the time. But like our friends love her and we love her. So we, we just choose to never acknowledge. I, f- I find it to be unbelievable just because she's supposed to have lightning fast reflexes. Yeah. And so she shouldn't be clumsy. I could see, I guess, that she's like too strong. But yeah, breaking never... the ice cream thing made sense to me because like, oh, I don't know my own straight. <laughs> oh, I'm going to walk away time, from the thing I broke. But at the same time, we never see her break anything. And she's been this strong for how many years now? I don't think she, that would accidentally happen. Or she'd yeah. be accidentally ripping doorknobs off of doors as she shut them and stuff. I don't I don't know. I That's why I believe I every time the, the camera moves away right as she's breaking the door. Right. Right as she's breaking <laughs> the door. There's like this like, cracking sound in the background and yep. she's just hiding another doorknob in her basket. Every time her hands just move really quickly, she's definitely broken. Something. There's like a yeah. giant Rubbermaid tub full of shame doorknobs somewhere in Buffy's room. <laughs> I mean, it is fun though to see her messing up and being human and then Riley being like, she doesn't seem so great. Yeah. yeah. I, know. Peculiar. I, like I, I like that. I like the whole thread of like, them being peculiar it was cute it was a good little well it also did. bolsters riley's like character not not just riley as a character but i mean like the character of riley the person like his moral character not to yeah say he's moral, not a but, sex you know pervert I mean? he's yeah. not a sex pervert <laughs> he's not a fucking deviant right. like graham who just has to say the most explicit things he can think of in the moment because or parker no one can know i love that forrest just knows parker abrams by mm-hmm. name fully just throws it out there and just knows that they were dating for like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's like, who the fuck is Parker? 
in this world. Because it's wild to think. Forrest is a gossipy biatch and I, he knows everything. Maybe, but like it seems like there's at once 14 people at the school and then 40,000. Yeah, that's true. So We're very selective with very when strange. we need people to know stuff and it being reasonable or not. Exactly. Uh, so we, we move from the cafeteria to Parker. And so I, I like this moment with our boys, with and, boys. and Parker because... The Frisbee? Because of the Frisbee? Yeah, and the frisbee is the start. Playing of the frisbee inside, <laughs> classic inside frisbee. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just—I think we just wanted Graham to hold something. Like we're not going to let him talk, so we got to give him a prop. Let's oh, he walks out with the prop. Oh, yeah, I, I know. Mean, that's what I'm saying. I think that up until this point, we've definitely had a, a couple of conversations about Parker and what he did and how shitty it was and those kind of mm-hmm. things. I think that you could still argue before this scene that like he's just kind of a sleazy guy who who doesn't call afterwards, but he really is like. Okay, that is almost a valid argument with your casual sex stuff. That's fine. But in this moment, you cement exactly the type of guy who he is. He knew exactly what he was doing. He's a predator. What's the scoop on Buffy Summers? Is she cool? Buffy? She's all right, I guess. I mean, kind of whiny. How's that? Well, you know, clingy. I mean, we got a little physical. Well, fully physical. And then she's all over me, you know, like we're betrothed or something. No, but fun was had, yeah? <laughs> Oh, yeah. The word is stamina. I mean, definitely a bunny in the sack, but later on, well, you know the difference between a freshman girl and a toilet seat. The toilet seat doesn't follow you around after you use it. This 90s Well, it's hair. like beer bad. They Blood really, like, established, so you know that he's a sex pervert and, you, and Riley is good. Yes. And, you know, they went to, they just went way over the top, which they needed to do because now we all, like, legitimately hate Parker and I loved when he got punched it was very funny because nobody reacted and it wasn't like a punch and then a fight at all he just like dropped Mm -hmm. and then they're walking out and it was great yes Um, which is exactly you had to almost do that just to be like yeah exactly that you can't really like even think about Parker anymore he's a terrible person move on well that's what's disappointing about the boys in this scene even Riley to a point because they're listening to him say all this gross shit and then Riley's like wait a second Ah, I like Buffy, so punch you. So, like, would he have had that reaction if it was a girl he didn't care about? Probably not. No one stopped him before that. Like, Forrest fucking piled on because he's, he's like, yeah, Parker, we're gross together. I'm definitely heterosexual. What are you doing later? So, that's not great. And Graham, I mean, you can't, again. He didn't say anything, right? No. Because he, what is he I thought say? it was more believable. I thought, I, I thought when it was about to start that he was about to immediately go after Parker. And I was like... I don't buy that because I think that he's a bro. He's a little bit of a bro. Right. But he's like got a heart of gold, right? Not a sex pervert. But he <laughs> is going to go along with it. Yeah. I mean, that's how just how I see it. But yeah, once it's somebody that she, he knows or likes or whatever, he's going to fucking. Well, Petrie kept saying in the, in the commentary, they're frat boys. They're frat boys. Riley's a frat boy. Oh, yeah. He's a frat boy. And like, I get it. That's true. But we're all happier that Parker got punched in the face. Yeah, totally. And we walk away with a frisbee in hand and we just... So, like, well, I guess I, I do like her. Maybe, I, I don't know. I just didn't like that he was, t- he was talking about Buffy. I, I hated know. the music. Boom, doom, doom, doom. That's how you know it's romance. With soft acoustic guitar. Otherwise, how are you supposed to know? <laughs> I mean, it's so bad, though. Like, and just, that was the moment for, for Forrest. I didn't realize that it's not really a joke. All of it's real. Because even after that, he was such a bro, like an aggressive bro. And then all of a sudden, he's just like, hey, man, I already know your feelings. I know that you love her. Go get her, my friend. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just like, who is this character? And the same thing after the party, like when he's basically waiting for Riley to get dumped so he can take him back to make out with him later. He's, he's like hovering over Riley when Riley 
gets run off by Xander and, and Buffy, fucking Forrest shows right up. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, hey, man, it's all right. My boyfriend. Hey, let's, uh, you'll, I'll meet you out in the back or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's just like really nice and like cordial and talking different. And it's like, what was this character that like you set up? He does 180 go from the scumbag, objectifying, terrible Almost person to like, though. no, but you love, you have feelings for her. It's obvious that everybody does. It's not like she blew me off. She just left with another guy. So, we need you downstairs anyway. So, like... <laughs> That's Gregor. Graham, Graham. Come on, Graham. Uh, the next time we see our boys is at the party at Lowell House, uh, but really only just to corral Riley after his near miss with Buffy. He tried, he failed, and then Forrest had to come pick up the pieces and take him into the elevator down to the ultimate reveal of the initiative. The music was swelling. It was good. It was very dramatic. I mean... It's it feels over the top to me just because this the military stuff kind of does and it, while Joss may have said it's a big budget movie go for it it definitely isn't a big budget movie <laughs> so like and it, it doesn't is, feel like that you can really see the duct tape on the walls I'm literally and figuratively Honestly, so you it's have like, a good score that's what made it like the mm-hmm. swelling was all you needed and and it's because it's bad you just look at it it's not good but I, there are a couple little subtle touches which I appreciated in the first scene of the like the big empty gray warehouse with the uh, tinfoil because there's nothing else there's no other thing to call that right it's tinfoil they're inside of a microwave like, yeah basically <laughs> Uh, on the table, you have a demon that is either exactly is or looks just like the demon that they killed at the very beginning of The Wish, which is like a throwaway Ooh. moment where Buffy's being strangled by a technical Cthulhu monster. Technical? What? Tentacle? What? Tentacle. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say technical? Yeah, he said technical. Yeah. Tentacle Cthulhu monster. And she's like, nerf, nerf. And then they stab it. And then they're like, oh, oh don't you wish you would just go poof? Anyway, it's like that same exact monster on the bed. Oh. And then there's also a vampire being experimented on. And he's in the cages as Buffy, or as Buffy has Spike and the harm, or uh, oh my God, Spike and Tom is his name, who oh. was part of Sunday's gang, who was the one that was like giving him the, the information. That... I'm a rat. Yeah. Uh, as they're escaping, they pass the vampire who ends up on that bed. So I was like, look at you guys. That's pretty look good. A tiny little bit of weird continuity. And there's also a demon in a robe. But check her out. Is she hot or is she hot? She's Buffy. <laughs> Buffy? I like that. That girl's so hot. She's Buffy. So I was never in the military. I don't think either of you were ever in the military. No. So it's hard for me to comment on this stuff because I don't know how bonkers it is. But I'm going to assume most of it is. Not in any way, shape, or form how you would run a paramilitary is this, organization. Is this associated with the United States government? It's, well, okay. We so, just don't know. Okay, so that's... Th- yes, they are. Okay. But, nah. I, they never See, explicitly okay. say... I don't... I, the, here's where the lore, like, falls apart. Because then we, when you start to get into fun stuff like that, they, they don't have enough to even... A leg to stand on. So they're not they're not a nefarious anything. They're just demon hunters, right? But they're probably also dabbling in a lot of other like questionable shit that normal people would probably not like. Oh yeah, I mean, totally. And they're not associated with the military itself. So they're you know. So black- the demon research initiative was, and we can assume that this is. And then there's also they meet at the very end uh, in Primeval. They there's like a, a military chief like a. The, Can't like, wait for this. <laughs> That comes up on a video screen that's like, burn it down, gentlemen, burn it down and salt the earth. So clearly, like, there's a high ranking military official that's 
overseeing this yeah it also sounds like riley was specifically recruited like he applied yeah. for rotsy or something and they were like <laughs> demons <laughs> yeah Rotsy, but for demons <laughs> <laughs> that is what it seems to be but like i don't know the there's so many questions like the age range of the people yeah. when they first come in and then they see the squad of like the six guys that are coming in when riley's taking charge like look i got a gun uh also, it's the- like from 20 to like 45 so that and seems it's a little not weird covert. but that it's might not be stealth. hollywood 25 yeah true you yeah, know like you can never totally trust ages unless you get something confirmed mm-hmm. they might all supposed to be college kids and, and it's more it's the questions also rise just from like riley the human being right because like even a setting aside that riley is also a person that we're going to get to know what the fuck is his life like is he actually a grad student is he actually yeah because is he is he not actually doing that like is he just in this organization forever and this is a cover well we kind of talked about that ever a, a or? little a couple episodes ago where we we're like is this real like was he a grad student first and then maggie found him right. and had him come in or was it the other way around like he was in the initiative and as a cover they made him a grad student for maggie so but does he get could... to leave and these are also like children doing this yeah. and like it seems like they're just randos pulled right from rotsy mm-hmm. to fucking run around with guns they would never be able to keep this secret. It would never exist. It also seems like if it was just a cover, you wouldn't need to be that deep. But maybe again, like I don't, I don't really know because on one hand they're running around in fucking paintball gear in the middle of the day with like M16s. Yeah. But then they're like, oh no, I need to be so deep cover that I literally am going to grade papers. Right. So. And usually the paramilitaries are like an arm for an organization that's doing other things, like politically. I mean, like if the mayor was running this, then we. We would it would be more interesting because then there's a re- but then he's a demon so that doesn't really work mm. but it's usually like it's what is this like a group of scientists that I mean the government owning this and doing it I guess is how they just make sense of it all so what it turns out to be in the end right is that they're actually trying to build super soldiers mm-hmm. soldiers sorry, right super because that's soldiers. what Adam is right so right yeah he's a oh my god it's like sixteen words long uh, demon human techno mechanical hybrid something or other they'll say it the only reality is virtual. You're not jacked in. You're not alive. Uh, Technopagan. 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 (laughs) Terminator Technopagan. So that's what I guess the whole point of this operation is. And if you think about it that way, I guess that makes sense. Okay. So I always took it, and maybe I've just been wrong about this and haven't thought that hard about it because the initiative makes me turn my brain off. My understanding was that Maggie Walsh went rogue and made this demon, but it wasn't sanctioned by the government. And that's why the government was like, salt the earth, boys, or whatever. Like, this shouldn't have happened here. Like, Maggie is specifically evil, but that wasn't our mission. Our mission was to study demons for another reason that we don't know. Right. Mm. So I never took it as that was what the government was doing. That was just just Maggie. Maggie. And her, like, boys going off on a weird boys. tangent. The boys? Her boys. The boys. Yeah, that, that, I think you're actually right about that. Yeah. And that's why 314 was the secret thing, right? And that's why they had to do all the work in the cave exactly. and, like, all that weird shit. But the thing that confuses me about this is, okay, so you're going to have a secret government military operization. Operation. <laughs> why does it have to be under the college campus? Right. Couldn't you just have it sort of like outside of Sunnydale and just like these people just dressed as regular civilians? Mm-hmm. You don't have to have them go undercover as students and you don't have to necessarily hunt on campus. I mean, there's demons all throughout Sunnydale. So like mm-hmm. why if you're going to wear your fatigues like in the middle of the day anyways, why even bother? Because totally. you're not being that secret and like you could just like live in this encampment, I feel like you could add some like apartment style bunkers and everyone would be good to go. Yeah. 
I don't know why we need the frat house with the secret elevator, although that's honestly the best part of the initiative. Uh, yeah. True. <laughs> but honestly, it would only be the three of them doing it. Those soldier boys, like, they would just, they would give them their orders on the top of the at the ground. Like, they would just be like, go yeah. out and do it. Well, are you those guys all students, all too? This. Is that what we're supposed to think? I don't know. Because they, they know a lot, The though. initiative, that's speaking I mean. of, like, selective uh, size of groups, the initiative seems to be huge in some yeah. scenes and then four people in other scenes. Wow. So I, like, that's, um, I don't know. What this is, uh, moving on, just because we could really talk about this forever. Yeah, exactly. And we will go back to this time and time again, because this is the whole fucking plot the of the series, season. So uh, next we go to Riley and the boys stalking Buffy as she's trying to be bait for Spike. So we get our double Clark Kent moment. She doesn't know that he's a secret agent. He doesn't know that she's the Slayer. We both got to go when we hear Willow That's because he doesn't know the Slayer is real somehow. Yeah. Which yeah. is bizarre. Totally bizarre. Well, they all just thought it was like a boogeyman, right? What does Forrest say? Slayer, you mean like the metal band? No. Nice. At least it's a real band. (laughs) So there's not a whole lot going on here. That she goes for the Clark Kent moment. The boys. The music was the music was fantastic, and um, yeah, just a lot of. It's so. I mean, it was very funny only because there was like the tension of like, I need you to get out of here, Mm -hmm. but I can't just grab you, and then even Buffy's like, I can't just beat you up, Mm -hmm. and then they settled on if you stay, then I'm staying. If I stay, then you're staying. Whatever, and they're they're just gonna stay there. But then when the scream came in. They ran off in separate directions. Very confusing. Mm-hmm. And one of them, Idiot Riley, ran off to see what technology would tell him about the scream. That came just from over there. <laughs> <laughs> and then we triangulated it and all this crap. And Buffy, in the meantime, also goes off in another direction, but doesn't get any results either because she comes in way after. The fight's, the oh, fight's yeah, already started. After. Where the fuck did she go? So very, <laughs> very strange moment. Well, and Riley had to go Riley back to the bushes. see... Her oh, as yes, she fought, yeah, I yeah, didn't know that, that was, was going to happen. Absolutely um, bonkers. So the park bench scene, it's supposed to be Willow screaming, I'm thinking, right? Like the timing is supposed to be... Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, okay. I didn't know if it was like a, a random person that was I think it should be. And Buffy ran off and saved them and then went and saved Willow because <laughs> otherwise nothing makes yeah. sense. Uh, it's a freak out, this. Who died made you John Wayne. I'm just trying to help. You think I need help? Believe me, I don't. You know, if you were a real gentleman, then you would just leave. You would go far, far away. Now, shoo. Are you drunk? Yes, go and report me. I'm taking you home. Oh, it's everything. Maybe I'm going to take you home, huh? What? You think that, that boys can take care of themselves and girls need help? Yeah. That is so Teutonic. Look, Buffy, as long as you're out here, I'm staying. Well, as long as you're out here, I'm staying. So this is the only, True. not the only moment, but one of the moments in the episode where we see a little bit more of Riley, the character, and uh, his Teutonic ways. Um, well, that's coming for later. But I, he, what is the line? She says, oh, you think that boys can take care of themselves and girls can't? He says, well, yeah. So. That is so Teutonic. Yeah. So Teutonic. I wanted to, like, talk about that a little bit because on the one hand, like, Buffy can take care of herself, but we know Buffy can take care of herself because she's the Slayer, but maybe not a 105 pound girl who's not a superhero might not be able to. So I understand his want to step in. Uh, so what do we, what do you think? Is Riley a sexist for saying that? Or do yeah. you think that it's just fine? Okay. That's what he assumes. Please. Yeah. That's what he, I don't think there's anything wrong with offering to help someone, but the moment they say, no, you have to back off. You can't decide that you know better than them. Hmm. 
that's it. Like, if he's like, I want to walk you home. I'm worried about your safety. And Buffy's like, no, I want to be alone. He should have been like, okay, I gotcha. just wanted to offer. But to then try to push her and be like, no, you're doing this. And I know that this is also, like, covert. In- we both know that there, it's danger, but neither of us are saying that specifically. Like, in a normal sense, there wouldn't be, like, a vampire running around campus or whatever. But still, I don't... The way he approached it, I think, came off as very Teutonic. Mm. I think for... Well, for TV, they have to fight. Otherwise, he would say no. Or she would say no. And then he would Mm. be like, I'm going to go hide behind that tree. (laughs) I'm going to watch this. Because then when it goes down, I'm going to be there to help. I have to say, I I do love when Buffy's like, have you ever thought about maybe I'm going to take you home? I know. (laughs) I was like, what does that mean? I mean, I thought that was great because he's being so pushy. And he's like, I'm going to take you home. And she's like, I don't want to go home. And he's like, I'm taking you home. And she's like, I'm going to take you home. I just thought that was great. Like yeah. all of her, everything there was great. She's so funny. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think yeah, Riley you was think? being sexist? So yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. The context of the scene, because we're monster fighters, secret monster mm-hmm. fighters, it makes it a little weird. But like, yes, if somebody's like, "Please leave me alone," okay, that's yeah. the end of discussion. But if it's like, this is really sketch. I know, like. It's Sunnydale. I know there are killers looking in the bushes, but in reality, like you're in a weird part of town, and like it might not be great if you're here alone. I think the the idea of wanting to be like uh, I'm look the facts are I'm a giant muscular dude, and if something happens, I could probably stop it. And I don't know that you could just physically like I I don't think that his heart's in the wrong place. I guess I'll put it that way, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if someone says leave me alone, you gotta leave me alone. So that's my take officially. Yeah. But Buffy would in theory, be physically safer with Riley if she weren't a superhero. But I think sure. the thing that throws it into relief is because Buffy specifically says, you think women can take care of each themselves and men have to save them or whatever. And he said, yes, I do. Yeah. And like, that's when you're like, this is a problem. He's not just like looking at Buffy and saying, you know, she's a small person and maybe she'd be physically overpowered by a vampire. She's maybe a vampire's best snack. But it's like, all women need to be protected, and if it wasn't Buffy, I would be doing this to anyone and saying I'm taking you home, well, even though like I don't know you. And you know. wasn't that a joke in one of our episodes? Protecting, I need to be a protector or the shield or the. Oh, that was the Bachelor. Oh, the Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, that one guy was like, "I'm going to protect her. My job is to protect her. I will protect her. I know that if Becca chooses me, I'll protect her. I'm going to protect her oh, so good." Or guard, guard, the guard, right? Guard, the, that's what it guard, was. guard, yeah, guard yeah, her heart. Guard, I'm going to guard her. Guard her heart. Like, I know we've, like, said something. Yeah, Riley's so going to guard her heart and her house. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, man. And then we go to the fight in the hallway with uh, Pavlov. Not Pavlov. What's the name of the, the gun? We see a gun. What's it called? Chekhov. Chekhov's flare gun. Flare gun. I mean, that is literally the only reason Pavlov's why that. Pavlov's flare gun. Pavlov's flare gun. <laughs> it goes off and you get hungry. <laughs> The literally the only reason why that flare gun scene happened with Xander and Giles is so that we could have this moment. It's a very impressive array. Where did it all come from? Uh, requisitioned it back when I was military guy. That was two years ago. You still 100%? Are you kidding? I put this simper in Simperfy. I might not be able to assemble an M16 blindfolded like I used to or pass weapons drill for the mobile infantry. Might as well face it. Right now, I don't have the technical skills to join the Swiss Army. And all those guys ask you to do is uncork a couple of sassy Cabernets. Uh, so it's ridiculous. The the boys storm in. They're, the fire extinguisher goes off because they shoot the uh, taser gun into an extinguisher that Spike is holding. Uh, and they're fight, fight, fight. Can't really see too good. Buffy comes in, shoots the flare gun. 
What did you say? Something this. Extinguish this? No. Extinguish. No, no, it's not extinguish. What is it? Ah, oh, damn it. Anyway. So she shoots a flare gun. We see G bouncing around the hallway. Everyone, again, is stunned. Riley peers through the smoke. Can't really see, but <laughs> abort! And the boys take off. <laughs> but not before Graham yells, It's on me! <laughs> Buffy has in this episode, and in multiple episodes, talked about how great her puns are and how she wants to be respected for her puns. This was the least talkiest fight she's ever done. Oh, if contain she said, this. Contain this. That's what it was. Because we, we need to contain the whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, so, if she, yeah. but still, if she said anything more, Riley would have known it was her. Absolutely. If he said anything, she would have known it was him. But naturally, both of them are silent fighters in this one fight. The only <laughs> fight they'll ever be silent in. I mean, I have for to the say, <laughs> it was so satisfying to see Buffy just like wail on Riley and hit him like 40 times. In oh, the there was one moment where it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's like so good. It was video game. It was so much chaos, too. It was just fun to like watch. I mean, it was a really good fight because it was like, Willow, get her out of here. And even Spike, like you see him in the background. It was well choreographed because he was like having emotions in multiple different shot angles. Mm-hmm. And then he books and he runs away and it was like oh yeah like that was really good it wasn't just like get out of the scene so we can have the stunt doubles fight like we thought about where yeah. everyone is it's really well done for the hallway too like there wasn't so many cameras but wow yeah petrie was like this is a nightmare to shoot it was easy to write and it looks it's really easy to draw in comic books but shooting in a fucking dark hallway with all these effects and all these fucking people moving around yeah i bet it but it, yeah it looked really good I think like remembering where they are seeing mm-hmm. shot by shot because spike Although, moved around a couple times so. the shots of riley rubbing his eyes and trying to peer through the smoke <laughs> were really and really bad blurry buffy buffy yeah uh, especially so because buffy seemed to be unaffected totally unaffected. is that her slayer powers <laughs> whoever she was or whoever he was he was huge mm. strong it, whatever it was <laughs> oh my god uh, the Contain it was this, whoever he was, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> well, that's that machismo. It's like there's no way a girl could have taken us down. It must right. have been a giant dude, even though she was clearly despite because they they bodily they are hitting bo- each other. Like yeah. she is obviously five fucking two. There's no way that was a man. Like Slight a giant brand, man. He like, like slams her head with her long hair into the wall, and she's like, "That's definitely a dude." <laughs> I mean, whatever. People seven come, foot tall. People dude. come in all shapes and sizes. Maybe Riley's more progressive than all of us, and he's like, "Look, I'm not here to judge, but that was definitely a man. It's definitely a man. <laughs> definitely a large man. <laughs> Much taller than me." <laughs> I like her. Really? You don't think she's a little peculiar? At one point, they're going to kidnap Willow, too. Oh. He's like, we, oh, oh, the, the, yeah, the yeah. policy states or whatever, like, the, the code. We can't, we've got to take her. She might be infected. Like, And even Riley, that was know, a moment. He knows that's Willow, right? Yes, oh, yeah. he does. And oh, he's yeah. like, no, I, we can't. That's that's my girlfriend's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Leave her. <laughs> and that's 100% why he does it. But, like, Forrest and uh, Graham must have seen her around, too. Riley was talking to her at yeah, the party the whole fucking time. Yeah, committed to the initiative oh, yeah, than exactly. fucking Riley is. Yeah. You know? And that, that I think that's true. what we're supposed to think. Like, he has a heart. Well, that's why this is the beginning of the end for him, right? Like, this is the first crack, and he's all-American hero soldier boy. And he's like, oh, this this girl and these people are making me do things I'm not supposed to do. Okay, but oh. doesn't the need to contain a human who's been around a vampire because maybe they've been turned problematic? Because if they weren't, which Willow wasn't, now you have a humor in your se- human in your secret bunker. How do you explain that to them? Right. Yeah. So now she's gonna die no matter what. Right? Oh yeah, they'll probably yeah. kill her. That's the that's the downside of a paramilitary organization is mm-hmm. that they're normally fucking killing unsanctioned assassinations. So Willow's body would be dumped from a helicopter into the Pacific Ocean. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it's true. The, and like we don't want to pretend that our friends in the initiative do that, but that's what paramilitary organizations do. They have no code of conduct. They have no laws. They just go. And uh, they are. The government, 
Nazis? Major cosmetics company? Who cares? And if they knew anything, actually knew, and that's supposed to, I don't think this was meant to illustrate that, but they, it's definitely a point of the initiative period is that they don't actually know anything about demons, right? Like right. Slayers, the Slayers are going to be more well-versed in how to handle it because if they knew anything about vampires, they would know that you have to be like near death, practically dead to be able to turn in the first place and you have to drink a vampire's blood. Them not knowing anything is just even better. That's yeah. even better. And they'll prove that time and time again. That's good. And uh, the only the last thing we get with our boys is the debrief where everyone is wet. Yeah, O'Reilly yep. is wet as so hell. wet. I, I thought mean, he took a shower for a minute. I'm like, oh no, your shirt's. Well, the, I was really confused. Is it supposed to just be sweat? Yeah, I think so. It is so much sweat. But why did they even do it? Why? What was the choice behind that? Like, were they just hot underneath the? You know, better the take off our clothes and, and stand in our sweaty nastiness. I, I don't. I don't know. Well, why wouldn't they have taken a shower and then Maggie met him after and scolded them? I don't know. Military. I guess. You got to debrief in that moment. Shower. And Maggie just like her office is just in the middle of the room. And I don't like, know if that's her office. I think that's that's just next to the microwave. Oh, she's got all of her papers there. Though. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. She does just have a desk in the middle of the concrete floor. They yeah. show that multiple times. Well, and it's also just clearly the office patio, the, the patio table from one of, you know, the cameramen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. brought it in. Just big patio glass table, you know? Yeah. And that's just where that's she the works. Deck. That's, that's, what, that's do. what the government buys. It's great. So earlier in the episode, Maggie says the fate of the entire initiative rests on capturing Hostel 17 and they don't do it. Everything's fine. So <laughs> that was clearly a lie, even during the debrief. Like, we'll tag. I'm like, but I thought the fate of the entire initiative rested on this one moment where you failed. And it's nice that Riley fails twice in this episode because he fails to, to get to Buffy too, right? Oh. At, the, at the party? Yeah. Moving on. What's William the Bloody been up to? Spike, he's back. He's trapped like a rat in a cage, a sci-fi cage. So, house and house. Yes. House and house. I mean, that's basically the, the it takes place over multiple cuts of scenes but spike is in a cage he has a friend who turns out is one of sunday's gang or was one of sunday's gangs looks like pete holmes you think so Mm -hmm. uh his name is tom Mm. and he's wearing the same exact outfit as spike except for his shirt has a skull on it and spike's does not but they're both wearing red button-down shirts with black jackets and black jeans so that was hilarious like Mm. vampires can't wear anything else no have you seen angel have you? I mean, he's probably stealing from Spike. Um, what about that amazing scene when Angel meets the the vampire worshippers or whatever? Oh, yeah. And he was like, don't you understand vampires? <laughs> they don't know what we eat, how we dress. And then a guy wearing his exact same outfit walks behind him. So clearly there is a brand. I guess that's part of that's the true. uniform. That's true. But Spike is close to being tormented and tested on, but he's able to escape because he fakes drinking the blood packet, which has drugs in it, supposedly. But how? Because there's no drain and the blood is gone and he's not wet. No. <laughs> so. Let's see, like, put happened. it in the corner of the room just little by little, drain the whole thing. I don't know. I mean, I just think about work. it. Little drops of blood everywhere, just kind of in the corner. They're not going to notice. I don't know. Uh, we're supposed to not know that he's been chipped yet. But during the fight, he definitely gets his ass handed to him a little bit. But he does throw someone. So it's mm-hmm. even Petrie, like, while he's explain, explaining it in the commentary, he's like, so Spike's supposed to have his chip. But, oh, we did throw somebody just there. And that should have hurt a lot, but it didn't. Uh, so it's like, okay. It's very subtle, whatever. But they, they uh, Indiana Jones their way out of the thing. Except for that guy gets staked. Did you notice that? Oh. It was really subtle in the background. One of the lab guys grabs Tom, fucking stakes him. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, in the commentary, Doug Petrie talks a lot about how they discuss, like, Spike can't look too heroic in the scene, which I thought was kind of silly because he's not being a hero. He's just saving himself. Like, it's like they forgot yeah. what the definition of a hero was. Yeah, you can't be a hero in that no matter what. I mean, the only other monster he let him. out was a vampire that he pushed out of his way to save himself mm-hmm. who ended up getting staked as he left. Yeah. That's not a hero move. No. That's a spike move. Right. And that hallway with all the cells is actually only half the length that it appears to be. They put a giant mirror up. So oh, it's half the length. Movie I mean, magic. I know. It looks really nice. Smoke and mirrors. Wow. Exactly. That's literally exactly. this whole episode. Smoke and mirrors. That's, That's true. What they should have named it. Have, but where, where, where was the smoke? Hallway. Uh, and Spike. He's oh, there was lots of smoke. <laughs> I forgot all about the smoke. We just talked about it. Oh, my God. Spike breaks out. Where does he go? Smoke and mirrors. Harmony. Yes. Where else is he supposed to go? To his little mentholated pack of smokes, his mon petite creme brulee, his little foam latte. Whoa. I mean. You can memorize them all out. They're all fantastic. How could you not? The nicknames they have for each other. Mm. They're adorable. Chef's kiss. And she knows she should know better. Like, I'd listen to the sex pistols. Ew. But it doesn't stay too long. He's on a mission. He's got to go find the Slayer. So cut to Spike in front of a computer, hunting, pecking. I mean, how does he know? (laughs) That was really one of the most jarring, like, juxtaposition. Spike is using a computer. It does seem like maybe there'd be, like, a phone book or something you could have flipped through instead. But do you think he's ever used a computer? He must have, right? Otherwise, how would he even know? That I would have the information he needs. Or how to get to uh, it. He's got free time. I mean, we just got to accept it. That he has had free time and he's gone to an internet cafe or something mm-hmm. in his travels. Right? I mean, he had to have interacted with a computer. Yeah. Otherwise, how? Because he was even kind of typing like a one, you know, like a person who doesn't really That's know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the hunt peck. Yeah, but, you know. He but knows what it works because he finds out where Buffy's room is, which is at Willow's room too. Which he would have known if he would have looked three people up. But he did not. Uh Willow not is there. very many students on the sunny. No, that's what see I mean. again, Jeez. again we're shrinking, shrinking and growing. The <laughs> Rosenberg the all the way to summers. S's and R's are one of the most popular letters. Mm. No one. Well, maybe there was just the the people in Stevenson Hall. Maybe, Ooh, maybe, maybe. I think that might okay. be it. Or even know. on that floor. I don't know. I guess there are different floors, but yeah, I don't know. But he cool. finds Willow and cut to one of the most upsetting scenes in the show. I mean, like this is a full like rape scene. It's really upsetting. Like Spike is. I mean, during, other than seeing Red, the actual attempt at rape scene, this is, like, one of the most villainous moments he's ever had on the show. Like, he's yeah. going to kill Willow. And then the physicality of the moment, like, clearly she's screaming. He has her pinned to a bed, and it's mm-hmm. really fucking upsetting. And I did, I never thought this once, after watching this episode, you know, five or six times, that, that Willow was going to die in that scene. Did you think for a second she was going to die? I mean... Like, if you can cast why? your mind back, did you why? think she would? Of course Willow's not going to die. She's a main character. This is a sitcom. They, they don't die. Well, Petrie, during the commentary, was like, well, we really wanted to play up that Willow was going to die. And then when I saw that promo, I was like, wow, they really were trying to pretend that Willow was going to die in that scene. I mean, that but was I don't a think that came. Scene. It was, but I don't think that came off at all. I, don't, I didn't think for a second she was going to die, which is interesting how at once that scene could be so jarring and visceral because it's really upsetting. But then mm-hmm. also, I never thought she was really in danger. And I think mm-hmm. that... It's because Spike is so goofy, right? Like we've. I don't know. I can't. I think the reason, for one, I never believe when a character dies to the point that when I was recently watching Blacklist and spoilers ahead, Elizabeth Keene dies and we actually see her buried in a casket in the ground. I was like, she can't be dead, and I googled it. She's not. Oh my god. (laughs) Um. (laughs) 
So on that, I'm always just like waiting even after they've actually died and everyone's cried and like they their body's in the ground like with Buffy. Like I'm not, even if she's died, she's coming back. Yeah. So like I always have that hope or like distrust, I guess, in, in Hollywood. But I feel like when you're going to kill a main character, it needs to be a bigger moment than just like halfway through an episode, halfway through randomly the season. Like it needs to be the midpoint of the season or the season finale or like mm. the episode before the season finale to do it just randomly feels weird although i think that they treated the scene like they would treat the scene if she was actually going to be killed i just don't think it had the appropriate build-up to that scene yeah like i i would believe that spike would eat her i mean he does seem goofy and he's always sweet with drusilla and everything but we also see it when he's got like the anointed and he just hoists him up into the sun and the guy Mm -hmm. the kid just like bursts into flame and like spike doesn't care like and the reason why he's called spike is because he likes to like put railroad spikes through people's heads or whatever it was like he's clearly got like this bloodthirsty angle and he doesn't have any kind feelings towards any of like the scooby gang and if anything you know buffy's been a thorn in his side every single moment he's ever been in sunnydale so the thought of eating willow would probably be really satisfying but it's still hard to believe that a show would kill a main character randomly and you just know a quip is coming where's the quip coming from well the the, the quip followed after the dialogue before he actually tries to bite her is is really intense too it was really good yeah it was well done like i'm i'll give you a choice i can kill you or i can bring you back and like that that was like it felt good it felt like uh, this Uh like scary spike no matter what yeah yeah and then Mm. throws her down and pins Mm -hmm. her down because it was terrifying to me angel is way more villainous like angelus is a scarier fucking violent more person but like i don't know it was cool to see spike like that also really upsetting and then yeah we get erectile dysfunction jokes for i mean i think five minutes the problem with spike is he is so goofy and he does feel so lovable but he really does have a bloodlust the entire reason why human gangs up with buffy in the end is when he realizes if i can't kill humans at least i can kill something right because i need to kill something yeah i want to kill (laughs) yeah and if i can't kill what i want to kill then i'm just gonna kill anything and i don't care if it makes me enemies and that's pretty brutal and villainous of him so even though you have these like cute moments where he's talking to willow and he's like no i've always thought of you as a victim but it feels like kind of cute and sweet because he's like remember that like pink number you were wearing or whatever which credit to doug petrie he actually went back and watched um what is it um lover's walk and that is the outfit she was wearing i was like fucking good that's a nice little touch i don't understand this sort of thing's never happened to me before Maybe you were nervous. I felt all right when I started. <sighs> Let's try again. He has layers where he can be cute and witty and he like banters and you feel like, you know, he would never hurt Joyce. But on the other hand, like he really is a villain and he does like killing things. And that's such a good point. The Joyce thing specifically, right? We have, they have great moments between Spike and, and Joyce, but you could almost see him be like, you know what? This was a great talk. And then just kill her. Yeah. Like, well, he did even say that. He was like something about toying with him. Like that takes the mystery out of it. Like he likes to do that kind of stuff. He mm-hmm. likes to fuck with people. He likes to string people along. Angel to me as a person that would walk in and just kill your entire family. Spike would have fun with it. Spike would dress up, take them out, <laughs> do something, you know, do something exciting, make them think that they're in for a treat and then fucking murder them. Well, like it that seems to like... me is why he's even friends with Willow. Well, like why this all came about is like, I mean, they're not friends, but like, why he even knows them is that he's taken the time from his killing. The end goal is always to kill them somehow. And he gets, <laughs> and he gets foiled. But he's like, I want to, like, I just like to know them more. I like it, for, it to be a game. I like it to be something bigger than just me killing a Slayer or something. Because I, I feel like with the Slayer before, right, didn't they have a rapport? Didn't they have, like, a 
a rivalry of some sort, the one that he killed on the subway and stuff. Like, I don't know. Maybe they did. Oh, yeah. So the story, yeah, with with Robin's mom, um, he apparently had been stalking her for a couple of months. There you go. So that's a a spike move. So when he goes in there, it can go every way. And I think that's scarier because you're like, am I going to get Fun Spike who wants advice? Am I going to get Crazy Spike? And I think giving him a chip is a brilliant move on their part because you can't really have Spike be the way that he is and become friends with our friends. Right. But we need a reason for him to not kill them. And it really... Like, I forgot all about the chips Ahoy. I forgot all about the chip. And then I even forgot that it happened in this episode until we got back and they were sitting on the bed. And I was like, oh, that's what the chip did. That's what chips Ahoy is. Oh, my God. (laughs) And and then I just remembered, oh, that's why Thanksgiving happens. That's why they hang out. And that's why everything. It's great. I mean, I think the defining thing between Spike and specifically Angelus, um, Angelus, is Spike always has that, like, bit of humanity where he can... Relate to people on a human level. I think that's why you get those moments with Willow and with Joyce and why he seems fun and goofy and approachable. But Angelus, he doesn't have any humanity in him. Like, he will toy with someone like he did with Buffy, and he enjoys every minute of it, but all he wants to do is cause pain, where it's like Spike will have, like, genuine human moments. He can have feelings. That's why even, you know, though he has the chip that keeps him from killing people, he ends up, you know, like genuinely caring about these humans Mm -hmm. that he's been hanging out with because he can't help himself. He's just like got too many feelings and he always has, um, which I think makes him a really interesting character. But I think it is really easy to discount the fact that, you know, also at the end of the day, he likes killing things and he is a, a villain and, He's he's gonna fight for the team that works best for him. Yeah. Oh, an opportunist. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. So did I think he was going to kill her? No. Yeah, I just I, when Petrie said that, I was like, oh, that was it. That was what you were going for. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, you gotta go for something. What is he gonna go for? Oh, I want the audience to not believe anyone's ever right. in danger. Sure. Then don't watch the show. You know? Yeah. Like, fair enough. He's gotta and, try his best, and he really did. I thought he took it to a level that other they had. They haven't done that before. Oh, that sort of scary. I think like, I probably would have assumed Buffy was going to come in and, yeah, me too. and me too. save her before she, she died. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's me, isn't it? What are you talking about? Well, you came looking for Buffy, then settled. I, you didn't want to bite me. I just happened to be around. Piffle. I know. I'm not the kind of girl vamps like to sink their teeth into. It's always like, ooh, you're like a sister to me, or, oh... You're such a good friend. Don't be ridiculous. I'd bite you in a heartbeat. Really? Thought about it. When? Remember last year? You had on that uh, fuzzy pink number with the lilac underneath? (laughs) I never would have guessed. You play the bloodlust kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I hate being obvious. All fangy and uh, takes a mystery out. But if you could. If I could, yeah. You know, this doesn't make any less terrifying. <sighs> Don't patronize me. Doors are supposed to lock too. Right. I didn't realize that. Because like it wasn't explicitly really shown. That's why Willow can't get out. She's right. trying oh. to open the door and she can't. That's insane. Because the initiative That's has the campus wired. Which is another like the, the US government picked UC Sunnydale uh-uh. to just uh-uh. do all these things and that's why it's under Missed there. That. That's why they can lock all the things. I, I don't fucking know. No whatever. reputable college would ever allow that to happen. Yeah. I even hope so. 
But also, like, the wood doors have, like, these... What like, if they're getting the funding? What if, there, like, what if UC Sunnydale doesn't actually exist? I mean, we've all joked about it that I mean, there's no way it's part of the University of California. So maybe it's not. The government just put it there and people just assumed it's a real school. This is deep cover. This is deep state. UC Sunnydale is not real. You're saying the mighty, mighty Alpha Delts aren't real? <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, we have a little fun B story, which gives us one of the greatest scenes in Buffy with... Uh, Xander and Giles need a job. So we have Giles drawing a picture because he's real bored. And Xander's saying we should make mischief mm. to fight crime because there's nothing going on. We get a scene in the basement, which is great. I'm sure they're not ready to deal with. Xander! Yes, Mom? I made a nice fruit punch for you and your friend. Would you boys like some? Is it... Uh... Raspberry fruit punch. Giles likes raspberry fruit punch. And I'm like, is that fruit punch? Because to me, fr- fruit punch is like a medley of flavors. Right? Wow. Didn't right? Know we were going here with controversial. Well, that's what fruit... Like, every time you ever see a picture of fruit punch, it's like a bunch of fruits. Right? Sure. If it were just... If maybe it were he just wants to know if raspberry is the dominating flavor, maybe. Or just incorporated, just involved. Well, you expect the rest of the concentrate to be there. You know, just the, the friends, the bananas and blueberries, whatever the fuck's in them. I don't know. Sure. But he just wants to know what's the overriding flavor. What am I getting here? No fruit for Buffy. More we apparently, according to Doug Petrie, crucially find out the information that Xander's uh, army guy, which he called Mil- superpower, mm. uh, his vague military knowledge, military guy, yeah. has been waning over time. Mm. So he's not quite as good as he used to be, but he still has all those weird gadgets. Why a flare gun? Why would Buffy ever need a flare gun? For the last act. I know, but like... Come on. That's the old, literally the only purpose it has. Yeah. It's just so out of... That's why this episode's not great. (sighs) Because that's that's just uh, contrived. But continuing on with their friends not having a job, they're trying to investigate where Spike might be, and then they run across Harmony. Mm. Slap fight. Slap fight in Zeus. And it's one of the best moments in television I'm history. I'm so happy that they slap fought and I'm so happy that they slow-moed it. Mm-hmm. Mercedes McNabb said it was like the best fight scene she thinks is on the whole show. Wow. And I mean, that uh, not wrong. they didn't have to do stunt people, that it was all her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did have to wear knee Hard pads. Wear knee pads either. and shin guards, which she thought was absolutely ridiculous because it was just slapping. So. Amazing. It's so fun. <laughs> Points amazing. Uh, and I just then, like how like there's no tension at all. It's like I gotta go now. It's like yeah, see you later. Mm-hmm. I'm a vampire though, but I won't kill you. Uh, that's why Harmony is so I know, good. I, know, I love it. I love it. I guess Harmony is like the spike in my head where like, but Harmony kills people too. Mm-hmm. But they're both no, they're both they're perfect for each other. And now way. Harmony has or, or Spike and Harmony have something in common. They both try to kill Willow, so that's nice, right? For them, is that nice? And then the family that slays together <laughs> stays together. But not really. Uh, but the we have a fun new potential pairing in this show. Very fun. Willow and Riley. Oh, so good. So Petrie so said good. about the scenes of them that they were they really had to I don't know how do you even put it be careful because oh, their yeah, chemistry yeah. was so good Ooh. that they were worried that uh, people would think that they were trying to put Willow and Riley together and I would never again never really thought about it I thought they were just being buds but I was like actually that kind of works and I think I'm gonna say it hot take oh, wow. that Willow and Riley are a better match than Riley and Buffy well 100 oh, yeah. percent they are yeah Riley knows nothing about Buffy and yet wants to be with her which has been a common theme of people on the show and i think it's it's a foolhardy game and it doesn't pay off because you gotta be with someone who has interests and like you like them as a friend like i don't know just like being unable to talk to her about anything like you only know her from class 
Like, and I get you want to get to know her more, and that's why you go to Willow, but the chemistry's popping. I know, that's right. Let's go through the, the evidence. And when they're sitting on the couch at the party, that was the moment where I was like, mm, yeah. Yeah, I so it. I can see it. The first scene is uh, Willow going up to. Does she go to Bitch. Riley? Or does she go to Professor Walsh? Who? Uh, when, she goes to. Professor she goes to, Walsh. Okay, to says, say that Oz is going to be back, please don't. No, she goes to Riley first. Okay. She says, you didn't say his name on the thing. And then she, and, then, and then Walsh cuts in to say, yes. I'm neither a narcissist nor a freshman. Yeah, whatever. Which, what? Fuck off. Fuck mean? off. And then uh, she's a jerk. So. And then Buffy's like, what? You can't say that about my friend. Uh, I'm in this show too. <laughs> uh, I just love that like they they took Oz off the roles and they put yeah they well oh the roles sorry I thought the, like for a second I thought the credits which they did take well, no, 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 Oz off the credits so and they put Spike on he, he didn't unenroll right he's still going to the college see right I mean he might have dropped out no but I think he dropped out he dropped out so then he would be off the roll so Willow's oh, okay. out of line to be yeah. like because they got word that he's no longer a student well because Riley even says name. I heard he dropped out well see yeah. but I heard is one thing like I heard so I'm not going to do it he hasn't been here in five classes I'm just not going to call out a name mm. and she's like don't you dare do that he'll show up one day but like he would just fail. He would just fail. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. he's not going to, like, they're not going to go through the effort to, like, take him off the roll. They would just... Also, who takes roll? Anyways. But, <laughs> but still, he would just fail the class because he has no work. Right. So that's all that would happen. So it's weird that they would just be like, he's wasting my time. It's not. In fact, you're getting time. You already got paid from him, right, for the class. Yeah. You're getting paid. You already have his fucking salary. It's <laughs> one less paper that Riley has to grade. So... <laughs> Net win. Pissed. Hate her <laughs> so much. Although the reveal was fun when she's like... Sort of turns around. I lead the initiative. Doug Petrie calls her evil mom. Evil mom. (laughs) I'm like, we already have one of those. Mm -hmm. Oh. So. Do you want to see my mom? Please. Mom. 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 You're a good mom. I'm the best. Don't you talk to me that way. You don't get to just dump something like this on me and pretend it's nothing. I'll bow before Seton. I'm not listening to this. Prince of Night, I summon you. Come fill me with your black, naughty evil. That's enough. Is that clear? Mini mom of Momdonia. Mom? Thanks, mom. Yes, mom! A nice acronym, mom. Uh, maybe tipped off by Buffy's impassioned defense of her friend, Riley's like, hey, I know how to get to that girl. I'm going to go through Willow. And so he, okay. Adorable. <laughs> he goes to her dorm where she's listening to Lilith Fair music. Is it on Sarah repeat. It's not, okay. but it might as well be. It's the generic Sarah. <laughs> And hey, uh, no, no shade. I, I get down on some little affair. Sam McLaughlin. I didn't know how to so. spell her name. McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Good enough. Uh, and he has a really cute moment with Willow where they talk about Buffy, and she's not given a whole lot away, but finally she softens and she's like, "Cheese." She likes cheese, oh, and yeah. she has a pig name, Mr. Gordo. And it's just a really cute moment. I think that Riley's super earnest, and I don't know. I thought even from that scene that he was like just. Being such a gosh dang nice guy. He's just so nice. Helped he uses the, the word. He says, I've never courted somebody like that. He helps with the weapons without even looking. He's just like, oh, it's just. Here we go. Here's, here's how we create a fan <laughs> and then stick with it like faith for the rest of the time. I'm really mad at how much I liked him. Yeah, no, I liked in this him episode. Too. I mean, up until the, like so far in the show. So good. Like even his vanity. I, like that's the reason why I didn't mind him not punching Parker right away is that he's kind of a bro. And I also really like that. He's like, does she talk about me? Like that's a very like, you know, you can, I would, I rolled my eyes, but I'm like, that's what he would do. Cause he wants to know if she likes him as well. Of course he does. And I thought that was a really good touch because it was kind of awkward, but that's like the whole point of it. It's awkward to talk to your friends, 
you know, the person you're courting, right? God. Their friend. Well, he so doesn't he even say something like, uh, I don't even know if we like each other yet. I just yeah. thought that was really cute yeah. and genuine, too. Just yeah. like, I'm not trying to pressure anybody. I'm not trying to be weird or scammy. I scammy. just want to know what she likes, but I just know that she likes you or whatever. It was very sweet. Yes. Too. Very cute. Yes. I don't know. Willow and Riley. It just gets solidified in the next scene with them oh, at the party. The spy, yeah. At the party, they're just like being like little spies. She's like, Which was super cute. Behind, like, he's behind the banister and she's just like... Oh, it's so good. And she's going for a soda and he's just drinking a water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I just, their banter, it seems so easy too, right? And casual, which I think is hard for people you don't know because has he spoken to Willow ever before this? Yeah. More than one yeah, word. Yeah, they spoke the, when the Their first fell. meet cute. Well, yeah, I know. Well, I know, but like. And in class a couple of times. They, right okay. away, the very first episode, they had multiple, yeah. multiple interactions where you yeah. thought like, oh, this is going to be a thing or like, yeah. this is weird or who knows. And it's always been weird with Buffy, right? But, right? but it's always been fine with Willow. Right. So like, again, more evidence that it's really Riley and Willow that are meant to be exactly. because they have a, a easy casual but you could also say that he doesn't know that he liked Buffy and that sort of freaked him out maybe they will get to know each other we just have to keep watching the show guys it's gonna get better it's gonna be great they're gonna be a great couple can you yeah Willow and Riley are gonna be great oh yeah I don't know I like the alternate universe where Riley goes for Willow instead and then Buffy is like um and I'm the special one and then she ends up dating a demon or something say that I help and you start a conversation it goes great you like Buffy she likes you you spend time together, feelings grow deeper. And one day, without even realizing it, you find you're in love. Time stops. And it feels like the whole world's made for you two, and you two alone. Until the day one of you leaves and rips the still beating heart from the other, who's now a broken, hollow mockery of the human condition. Yep, that's the plan. I figured it was. I think that it, I really think that it works because also the biggest point of contention in their relationship, and this is not, this is Riley is a bad guy column for sure, is that she's a superhero and he can't deal because yep. she's physically stronger than him. Again, negative points for Riley, but that would never happen between him and Willow, right? Like she's a witch and she could kill him. He doesn't know that, but like <laughs> <laughs> that could happen. True. But like, I still think he would be more okay with that in his head. He'd be like, oh yeah, but at least you can't bench press more than me right, sorry right. that's fine 100%. like i'm totally okay with that magically and no matter what it would be magic doing it doing mm-hmm. the work so you could like write it off yeah like, exactly you could always that. write off any of her achievements and just like minimize them so that his masculinity could stay intact so i think that like forrest is always watching <laughs> just in the background just like oh the stupid fucking witch oh my god there's forrest yeah forrest <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well. Well, I, but just to go to, to Riley, a huge knocks against him. Did you guys notice that he interrupted Buffy's friends twice on the oh, party? Oh, yeah, talking to her to get to that cheese She moment. had a whole group around her. Group. She was obviously I mean, holding what it. was going on I there? Was there like a fight going on in the middle? Like, it was crazy. She's like sitting next to a random friend we never meet. I mean, this whole mm-hmm. life. Again, that's why I feel like with Buffy, we don't get to see all of the weird, clumsy bullshit because we just follow our friends. But, like, she's clearly... Why did they all gather around her? Just for the cheese? I mean... I don't think that's real. She likes cheese. What? Well, I'm not saying it's the key to her heart, but Buffy, she likes cheese. He just walks in and everybody just scatters (laughs) around. And then she's sitting there dancing with the guy. Mm -hmm. They're talking, getting to know one another. In fact, when Riley shows up and he just walks away... Um, she like looks back and is like, where did, where's he going? I wanted to keep talking to the guy I was dancing with. And I was like, you've made it up that she's like this, like the hottest person in the entire world. How would dance guy 
walk away from this smoking mm-hmm. hot lady. Just, just oh yeah, let this guy talk to him. because Riley's enormous. He was big too. Well, everyone looks big. It, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. It's rude is what it is. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, oh, you were dancing? I'm here now. Willow had to leave. I need to tell you. Well, that's what I mean. And I would just be like, really, you butt into all of that yeah. just to tell me that Willow's gone? Rude. Great. Rude. Yeah. So. You couldn't have waited? I would have figured it out. I would have gone looking for it. Jesus Christ, man. I'm and trying to get my Xander, Sorry. Xander running out, holding Oh, yeah. Hands? I put that out, too. I never noticed that before watching it this time. What the fuck? What was that? It, they, Very weird. Is their relationship like that? Do they hold hands other times? I've literally no, never I seen I think they're just trying to justify why Riley would feel weird about it. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise, so why? I think you'd just be like, who is this peculiar girl who's leaving with a homeless man? He looks straight up homeless. <laughs> I mean, I love this. <laughs> That's a real show. fact. But I would get that you would like kind of take her hand and like lead her, like run out the door or whatever. Even though that's not necessary. No, She's I know. Like, right business, let's go. But she would instantly be like, no thanks. <laughs> like, You've been know, over this. <laughs> like, like, I don't need your help. I mean, kind of like I get it, you know, because I think we all kind of do that even without thinking about it. Like, oh, yeah, let's go this way. We got to go now. Oh, let's go. And then you just kind of oh, yeah, like, maybe. yeah. But you, but they held hands throughout the entire yeah. movie. <laughs> very, very weird. And then. Look at that look. That face. Oh, oh my God, Forrest. Instantly. Perfect and then instantly and Forrest structure. is right out there. So, Yeah, those are all of our friends, though. I mean, those are all of our big moments, I think. Giles, I live in a dorm now. The girls in my hall want a party. Willow needs some cheering up. I'm going to take her. How's Will dealing? With the black hole of despair she's been living in since Oz left. She's dealing. I'm helping. It's hard. Ergo party. You two can take patrol. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go find something slutty to wear tonight. Well, that was a lot. That was a lot. Let's yell. Go ahead. Me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley at the very beginning when they're sitting at the lunchroom table and he goes, she's Buffy. She's Buffy. <laughs> I like that. A girl's so hot. She's Buffy. She's Buffy. That was my next thing. Let's just cram a little more in there. Matrosable, Nespa. Graham has three milks, inexplicably. Why does he need three milks? Uh, Forrest has that little juice cuppy. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> is it raspberry? Was yeah. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, Buffy's a dream wrecking. Forrest is a fucking Ryan Murphy character. Ryan Murphy character. He's just like the gayest, cattiest, gay, gay, gay. He's very gay. Well, and then Buffy has the magically forever filling up yogurt cup. Every time we cut back to her, it's the same amount yeah. of full. And I'm just like, no. Did you hear the noise, too? That when yeah, <laughs> I was listening to it in my headphones and I was like, oh, <laughs> they definitely bought that. Oh, like yeah. they t- couldn't be bothered to just like film what it actually sounds like. That was like you know a stock oh, yeah. slime. That was a noise. fully. Oh, it was disgusting. <laughs> was it a callback when when they're sitting with Xander and Giles after he shows them the picture when he's like, no studying, eat jelly donuts and sleep with a supermodel. The, the jelly donuts thing, we've done that before, right? We've had jelly donuts. Remember that was mm-hmm. Giles? I'm always the one that was, says we should have a jelly in the mix. Did you eat all the jellies? Did you want a jelly? I always have a jelly. I'm always the one that says let's have a jelly in the mix. We're sorry. Buffy had three. Mm-hmm. Was that a, a throwback? And even the supermodel, remember he slept with a teacher. Faith isn't a supermodel. I'm just trying he to think with like. A teacher? He thought about it. Oh, he's thought about it. That's right. Well, he's he made did, jokes. She would have killed him. Oh, right, Miss French. Right. Yeah, he's teacher's made, pet. He's that's made right. fun of those things. That's true. I, I don't know. I'm just like, that felt like a callback. And then obviously the military guy was a callback. But that was kind of the only callbacks in the show. Although the fuzzy sweater too. Yeah, so. that was the great one. A lot of good stuff. That one was legit. Yep. A vague disclaimer is nobody's friend. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. See, that's that banter, man. 
And Allison Hannigan is just like the cutest. She just can't be stopped. Giles picks up a bag of Doritos in Xander's basement and then immediately is grossed out by them. Do you think they were just stale? Do you think there was something living in that bag? Did he not know what a Dorito is? I feel like... Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When when, uh, Spike is next to Pete Holmes and they're trying to get out... Uh, and and he's like, are. who is doing this? The government? The government? Nazis? Nazis? A major cosmetic company? And then company? he's like, who no, cares? it doesn't matter what they're doing. I got uh, caught oh, by the Slayer. And the then slayer. he freaks the out. I'm here. The Slayer! I knew it! I knew it! She took apart my crew and led me straight to these guys. Set me up too. I always I worry what would happen if that bitch got funded. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but like it's a fucking so grant right. or something. Like, <laughs> As if it really is Buffy and co doing this. <laughs> they just came in some money and this is what we did. But I also love Spike just sitting around like, man, I hope she doesn't get that. Yeah, that grant or that scholarship because I'm really going to be fucked if she's got some funds. Like, <laughs> the, only reason the only reason I'm still I'm alive is because she's broke. I do love the idea that he was like, this has to be Buffy. <laughs> Everything horrible in my life is Buffy. Yeah. And she, he has firsthand seen how ragtag this fucking group of people are. And then he's like, yeah, they've just got all this technology. Like, that's Oh, yeah, real. this screams of Buffy for sure. It might scream the fucking council if it was a real thing. Oh, but yeah, he, he would right. know that that's all a fucking a joke. Sh- a charade, yeah. too. Yeah. Man, he is so obsessed with her. Why is he so why obsessed he, with her? Oh, why is Forrest so obsessed with Riley? Oh, my God. We'll never know. I mean, we know because he's hunky. You know who else is gay for Riley? Fucking Doug Petrie. Throughout the entire DVD commentary, the dude was like, oh my God, Mark Lucas looks so good. He's so cool. He's so cool. He's so cool. I I have something to yell about now. Shit. I didn't write this down, but I too watched the commentary, and I'm sorry, Doug Petrie, if you're listening to this, but you're a detestable person. (laughs) You're really dislikable, and I really did not like you, and it really turned me off. I mean, immediately, because the show opens with this like attractive woman, Mm. because the guys are checking her out and then it like pans over to Buffy and they're like but what about her and, he, and whatever right. and he was like oh the reason why we picked her is because she's got a really great body and like just like objectifying her and being weird and then he starts the way the episode does Chris. exactly and then throughout <laughs> he makes these like weird comments like there's a point where it's showing Buffy and Willow and he goes I wish we had some attractive actresses on the show Whoa. and you're like what and then there's a beat and he was like I'm just kidding Sarah Michelle Gellar if you're watching this you're very very pretty and he repeats that like three or four times mm-hmm. later like no Sarah you're very very pretty and it's like stop being weird it's you're like, being gross. so weird yeah. I'm sure he'd pick another night if he knew you're busy with Teutonic boy toy what is that supposed to mean? Nothing. Riley's a doof. He's not Teutonic. He just have, kept saying these like weird, gross comments like that and congratulating himself. Like I wrote this joke and I thought it was really funny. Yeah, he, it was Good rough job. that he like kept <laughs> laughing at his own jokes and yeah. being like, "This is so great, this thing I did." It was a really uninformative like commentary. He's been there before. Yeah, honestly. Also, apparently, he watched a movie called The Prisoner that was really formative for him because every wow. single thing he was like, "This is a ripoff from The Prisoner." I think it might have been a television series, but yeah, I guess it was a 60s sci-fi something. And he's yeah, like, yeah. "We took this straight from The Prisoner. This is The Prisoner. This is The Prisoner." <laughs> and then also, also we ripped off The Matrix. Yeah, and then also for the hallway fight scene with the smoke and everything he yeah. was like I don't want to say that we ripped it off from this movie but it's heavily inspired by the Flaytrix yeah. you're just like what stop it stop talking <laughs> so yeah it was a it was a weird negative oh, <laughs> DVD super comment. 
negative commentary. Didn't learn a ton. Good, he, yeah, good, he just good. kept calling Mark Lucas like beautiful. He's yeah, so tall. That was so the most. Chiseled. So this is where the forest undertones. Yeah, yes. Sarah Michelle Gellar, you're very very pretty. But at one point he does stop, and he's like halfway through a sentence, and he's like, "Mark, you need a haircut," and then just keeps talking. <laughs> and I did think that was kind of kind of amazing. <laughs> and then the scene at the end when they're all sweaty, he was like, "Oh my god, could you believe Mark Lucas? He's so hot with his hair pushed back like that." And all I could think was like, uh, "Aaron, you look so hot with your hair pushed back." Okay. <laughs> oh who is also gay IRL Whoa. no confirmation about Forrest I tried really hard if anybody uh, knows out there if the guy that plays Forrest is actually gay please show me the tea uh, Daniel is it your turn go ahead uh, we had a couple of good jumps in this episode uh, no thanks to Doug Petrie but thanks to James A. Cotner. Uh he did what was it uh, Spike I don't care how brilliant she is to the ball the ballpoint pen where oh, pen's right, yeah. it's fantastic um, oh, pens are tricky this one's a little worse uh, Riley and Spike both having the sorry I gotta go find a girl find a girl or whatever right. was pretty good and then not quite a jump but we talked about the Spike and the like going from the I'm gonna kill you to the you know I have ED or whatever right yeah yeah so not as not as good as all the other ones but still had it well, yeah, kind of a trademark the, of the Buffy the of jump Buffy cuts franchise. yeah he says, uh, we need to know more about one another than how about them Broncos. So the Broncos won the Super Bowl that year. Okay. So that's a thing. Like, that's not just p- things and people that no, Colorado No, I, I think say. that they only said it because the Broncos won the Super Bowl. So they are mm-hmm. reigning Super Bowl champions as this was recorded oh, right, gotcha. and as this came out. The season. Well, they won two years in a row. Right? They won two years in a row. Yeah. But this season, the Rams, greatest show on turf. I think they went 14-2. and two. They won the Super Bowl, beat the Titans. And Super Bowl 34. So that's happening. So this is, and it reminded me of The Good Place because The Good Place took the Blake Bortles, Jacksonville Jaguars, his real life, and made it a part of the story. Mm-hmm. So like Blake Bortles got cut from the Jaguars. Oh, and that really? became Oh, yeah. And so it be, all of that's real. Mm-hmm. And that became part of the story. I had no idea. Jason, I'm so sorry. Blake Bortles <laughs> is no longer with the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> like, it will make no sense 20 years from now, but in real time, like, mm-hmm. th- if you're a football fan and a Good Place fan, that's mm-hmm. very funny. Uh this is not that. No. This is just kind of a throwaway comment. But it would have been fun if they had, like, we're actually watching it in real time or whatever. Because the Broncos finished 6-10, and 10, last in the AFC West, did not make the playoffs. So. See, for me, I, like, because my, my mom's whole family grew up in Colorado, they were just Bronco fans. So I thought that was just a funny thing people said. You would say, how about them Cowboys? Oh, because they were America's team? Correct. Yeah. If you're going to go that that broad. But I think it was only because they won the Super Bowl. Gotcha. I think the next year you would probably say, how about them Rams? I guarantee you if, if this was made one year later. Gotcha. That would have been his throwaway joke. Clearly, he doesn't watch football. Yeah. Spike left. They said at 2.47 in the afternoon. So how did he uh, get to where he yeah, needed Station to go? Had a, a, okay, because I didn't really understand it when you were saying it. What exactly happened? So he said... No, Maggie was reading it off. Mm-hmm. Agent 17. She says left that Left at 2.47 p.m. Okay. How the fuck did you leave at 2.47 p.m.? Where is he? How is he getting around? Well, and then... Not that, but, like, why did it take you eight hours or however long to, like, rally the troops when they're literally the school above day. you? Yeah, I know. Doesn't that even make sense? He's halfway through a, a party, and they're like, there's an emergency that happened eight hours ago. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. right. Yeah, so all of that was really dumb. Yeah. If he left at 747. And there's sure, no way then. they wouldn't have known he escaped because oh, right. he, and, uh, like, <laughs> busted up a bunch of people. And, and you the had to kill one of your other yeah. patients, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's like... Oh, you they lost knew it happened immediately, and then they just waited hours to do it. And this with was it. so important for the fate of the initiative. So I, I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah, I should have written that one down because I was definitely <laughs> questioning that. Yeah, the last the last thing I've got is Teutonic boy uh, boy toy. You wanted me to find more about Teutonic. Yeah, what the fuck is Teutonic mean? So Teutonic, we got well Spike throwing out the Nazi stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all going to play in Xander the. the 
um, fall fascism mm -hmm. also fits uh, and then also just paramilitary organizations so we're playing within that theme work uh, Germanic tribes the Teutonics were an old Germanic tribe mentioned by the Greeks and the Romans way back in the day um, it's now just basically old Germanic tribes so there's okay. lots of different tribes but usually they go under Teutonic and a couple of other things there is the Teutonic germ theory uh, Herbert Baxter Adams that believes that the democratic institutions of the Britons and America come from the forest peoples of Germany because uh, it was the Germans, the Anglo-Saxons, which are another band of Teutonics, German tribes went and conquered Britain. So Britain is just a bunch of Germans as we, I mean, they, they came from Germany. Hmm. Um, so there's a belief it's bullshit. It's just gross and racist. But um, the Teutonic germ theory was around in the beginning of the, 20th century. Uh, there's also William Riley's The Races of Europe in 1899, where he divides Europe into three categories, Teutonic, Alpine, and Mediterranean. I'll let you guess which one's, uh, which one's on top and which one's on the bottom. God. 20s and 30s, obviously, the Nordic race uh, it was too broad, so they, they cut it down into Aryans. Teutons and Indo-Europeans, which is almost the same thing as what we just did before. Uh, there's the Teutonic Order, which was formed in 1192 in Accra. In, uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, it's a Catholic aid organization, which that was actually, it's got a scary name, the Teutonic Order or whatever, but it's actually, it was suppressed during the Nazis because uh, they were an aid organization and not like, but they used, you know, the Nazis obviously used Teutonic um, knights in their propaganda. So, hmm. uh, and then it could also be a, a reference to Teutonic West Virginia, an unincorporated community in Marshall <laughs> County. Likely. <laughs> Likely. I could find literally nothing about this place. Um, it's, uh, if you see West Virginia, it's got this little cut through it, uh, at the very top where you can literally drive through it. It's only about 20 miles long, uh, between Pennsylvania and Ohio. Hmm. And it's right up in there in a little tiny spot. No one, there's nothing. The Facebook page has no posts. No one lives there. No one's like said that's their hometown. So I have no idea sure what's happening. Real? That's what I mean. So I have hmm. no clue what's going on there. And then of course, Buffy's response, Riley's a doof. He's not Teutonic. So I guess is Xander calling him like racist? He's calling him a, like a just a like an Aryan, not a supremacist, not a Nazi, but just like a, a fucking meathead. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. a caveman, basically a beer mm -hmm. bad person. Yeah. That's that's the way that I a white superhero type. Yeah, and if we and if he really means like the Teutonic, the, the other Teutonic bands, not only the Anglo Saxons, but you have the Goths who took down Rome, as like the Visigoths and the Ostrogoths, like they were barbarians right they're the barbarians to the romans they're barbarians mm. so if you say that if, if he means it like in that sense then he's just they're all barbarians i mean Cassander's not like them he's not a bro bro um they are so then to to xander they are uh, barbarians gotcha right? bro okay yeah. exactly so that's the way that i think it is okay i mean i I looked up the word too, and I didn't know what it was before that. But it always seemed like you were saying, "What's the best way to put it?" Basic, like you basic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, contextually, I, mean, I always just took it as like conservative or mm -hmm. like. Uh, it's just such an old word. I was looking up the etymology too. It's like it's just got it's got a long history. Mm -hmm. You can do lots of stuff with it. Interesting, but that's just the history of it, like politically. But yeah, you can mean it whatever you want it to mean it's through whoever's eyes is saying it i think that's the that's what we're getting here but when you look at him you're like yeah too tight. and you put on a fucking, <laughs> you put on a military uniform it's like yeah i can see you and you're, you're in a literal paramilitary ss like what's going on yeah for sure i'm just gonna throw that one out there 
And the final one I have is when Giles says, you have a plan? Tonight, I kill him. You have a plan? I am, I am the, the one who knocks. Oh, yeah. That was pretty good. It was subtle. It, was, it definitely wasn't the, like... Yeah, it's not the Walter White. I am the plan. It was like, I am the plan. Well, even Buffy's badass motherfucker moment later where uh, I am the law. That, that was, like, definitely ramped up more. And, like, you were supposed to hear her say, I am the law. But her, like, I am the plan was just kind of like, nope, and we're going to the next yeah, scene. We're going to the <laughs> And we just believe you because yep. you are Buffy. And you, you are, are the plan. the best. Well, if you want to hear more fun facts about the Teutons, Teutonics, the Teuton Germans, the Visigoths, the Rune Teuton Germans, you can follow us everywhere at BeamyPod, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. You can also go to our website, BeamyPod.wordpress.com. That'll have links and stuff. And if you like going to Spotify, why don't you type in that search bar, Beat Me, hyphen, fun time, playlist for podcast fans, season four. And that'll have all the music that is mentioned in our podcast here, as well as music from the television series, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Daniel, can you please update our watches? Yes, Sander, construction outfit. No, he's in a military outfit. Sort of. He's homeless. It's homeless chic. <laughs> homeless chic. Yeah. He is homeless. It's bum stuff. And he, just like with the 007 being the opposite of construction, this is also the opposite of construction. Because mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everything's the opposite of construction. Right, yes. If it's not construction. Maroon jacket watch? No. I didn't see no, it. No. I am obviously not as attuned to it as I used to be. All right, Forrest is gay for Riley. Check. Watch. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> uh, Lilting guitar over Forrest uh, talking about how he knows Riley's feelings more than Riley does. Mm-hmm. Um, leaving the party just as Riley sees that he's been dumped by Buffy. Not really dumped, but you know, ran off on. Uh, he says something. He says, uh, crazy naked sex, which to me uh, in, in Forrest's head covers all the bases. Um, for sex in case there's another type of sex that he has also not had. Um, and he kept saying it. The cra- he's, yeah, at crazy least he's naked, not having crazy He does sex. say it twice. He's like, all right, well, it passed the first time. Nobody like laughed at me, so I'm going to say it again. This is how you <laughs> talk no about sex. Maybe no one heard me. This is how we talk about sex because I don't really know what it is. Uh, and then when Forrest is like, I know about girls, Riley is basically saying, you know about the concept of girls, but you'll <laughs> never know a girl. One singular girl. The line girl. is, straight talk, I know about girls. <laughs> And convincing <laughs> just anyone like, leads with straight talk <laughs> they've never encountered a woman before and the casual touching mm. that like unnecessary touching when oh. he like smacks him on the back of the head where he like touches his arm I'm like okay all right man i feel like it just will not be as perfect as this episode just because we were seeing so much through their eyes we're probably not going to get that level again oh, oh no i mean he cry like almost just... cries when when forrest dies <laughs> That's, but well, that's I mean, not, that's, that's Riley being gay for Forrest. So, yeah, that doesn't really apply. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Devin Watch is gone. Future Chips Ahoy. Or, no, not future anymore. Chips Ahoy. Present Chips Ahoy. Present Chips Ahoy is there. Yeah, baby. I know. I don't know if we can count it quite yet. Oh, I'm because they Well, I they guess. They already said the chips. They already mentioned Did they it. say the chip? Yeah. Though. They, okay. Yeah, they, they specifically okay. said the chip. I has think worked. the rule needs to be if they say the word chip or not. It oh, has to be. Just right. because, well, like, we know. He has a chip. For one, our characters, Sans the initiative don't actually know what's going on yet yeah. so that's why i kind of can't count it but also i don't know if they use the word chip and i feel like that's important he, i think that they did specifically say chip okay honestly i think just because said, otherwise we'll have to literally count it every time from now until season seven because he was doing he was doing the thing because she was complaining that it sounded like it was like a from a fifth grader or whatever but i think that he like reiterated that the chip worked it suppressed his okay whatever i think he said all of that yeah okay so. yeah but oh, yeah, she, I think she even said, did my chip or my yeah. impl- what did implant. Did implant? Yeah. Yeah. But that's close enough to me. All right, all right. Ch- We're going to count it. First chips away. De Hoffer and Watch, no. You should lock the door. No one said it, but he should because Buffy just walked in. So. <laughs> uh, Sandy Watch, no. Michael Wicket, Amy Gothwatch. 
Uh, no, but she does. Willow does offer a spell to Spike. That was quite That's nice true. of her, but it doesn't involve other people. Books a Million didn't see a damn book. Didn't see a single person open a book, touch mm. a book. Streets Ahead. Oh, Xander's reading a book. Is he really reading? He doesn't want to read. Uh, Giles Biggest Knockout. Giles, not in this show anymore. So <laughs> he's looking really gaunt in HD. He's looking really sullen and sad. And he's wearing uh, shirts that are gray like his skin. Yep. So yep. I, I'm Giles 10 of 10, I guess. But like. No, no, no. Very strange. Disagree. Well, Anyways, that's those are the 11 watches and we are good on three of them. So Thank you so much. I think it is about time for us to rank this sucker. Yes, it is. Willow Hacks, we talk about the net. No, but. Spike does use a computer, but again, we can't just be giving out points, okay? Willow doesn't use it, it doesn't count. Five. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. That's what we've we've said that for the last three years. I know. I just need to tell myself Good, these things yeah. before I get out of control. Good. Uh, Riley, I gave him an eight. Look, his friends mm. suck. Four, specifically. But he is doing his goddamn best, and he's just so charming and handsome. I know. And he's great with Willow, so. So great. I like honestly never thought about them as a ship, but now I'm like... How has this never come across before? Yeah. Uh, Giles level Giles. This dude is listless. He is directionless. He is looking real rough. You mean you didn't like the time that he got the flare gun, immediately opened it, popped in the bullets like Ripper, and then he literally picks up a flashlight and shines it right in his eyes? (laughs) Like a dipper? Like (laughs) Like a dipper? Yeah, I gave him a six. It's going to be one of the lower, lowest, maybe even Giles moments. I just couldn't stop laughing at that. Like, what would you think the flashlight was going to do, my guy? Uh, he picked up a bag of Doritos and acted like it was toxic waste. So I don't really know. And it was know. already open. So like yeah. regardless. That is also an business. ungiles move. Like that, it seems like weird that he would go for a, for a snack food such as anyway. And then for him to go to an open one that he doesn't know where it's been and where it has been and is in Xander's basement. basement. Yeah. It's like Instantly a no-go. Six. Monster of the Week. Is it Spike? Is it the initiative? That's what I said. Question mark, question mark. I don't is know. It? If it's Spike, Ten terrifying the most terrifying yeah. maybe even spike that we get uh season seven spike's pretty fucking creepy but uh the initiative okay again this is going to be the best initiative episode i feel like and the idea of it's cool they definitely hype up the drama of like oh man it's dude with guns this is weird it's uh, maybe it's going to be okay so i i would say that would maybe get an eight but then actual kill count the only fucking thing that dies in this episode is poor tom so that's nothing. It's nothing. So I, I gave it a six because I didn't know what to do. Well, uh, friendship, goodness or badness? Hmm. Uh, Buffy and Willow. That was a cute moment. Like, don't make fun of my friend or make fun of. Don't tell my friend her boyfriend's not coming back because she's really sad. But then don't also. Make fun of for being gone forever. <laughs> yeah. But also Xander and Giles are like, is Willow okay? That's the most we're going to do. We're not actually going to hang out with her or talk to her or see if she's okay ourselves. We couldn't possibly all be together in this episode. Yeah, it's that's not true. in the contract. It's not great. Uh, but Willow and Riley, uh, great. So I don't really know. Seven? Seven. Yeah, that's what I'd put. Episode specific. This is not a quote, but if you could just play the sound of Riley punching Parker in the face. Oh. <laughs> Five of ten. So 30 Five s- of ten? Yes. You're really fighting with these rankings. Listen, 37 <laughs> overall. You could have brought down punch up there. Three of seven for the series. Season. Wow. Three of seven for the season. Uh, above Harsh Light a Day, below Living Conditions. Stacia, mm. what do you got? So I found this a struggle to rank. Because I did enjoy watching it. It is the best initiative episode. But also, like, is it really a good episode when you, like, take a step back and look at it? Uh Like, hmm, I don't really remember. I don't know why I always go back to, like, is this something that sticks out to me? I don't know why that's, like, a metric of whether this is a good episode or not. It probably shouldn't be. I mean, I did enjoy most of it, but there were parts that I wasn't into. 
That being said, I decided to put it at 39 out of 63. So it is three below beer bad. Wow. <laughs> oh, and wow. two above harsh light of day for context yeah, within the series. Hmm. And <laughs> where is... Dark Age? Uh-huh. Way above it. Good. I think that's fair. Yeah, it's like 10, 15 above it. Wow. That's a lot above it. But Dark Age just keeps creeping just up. Keeps creeping up. <laughs> we bring it down one week, it comes up the next week. Yeah. Wow. I just, I couldn't, I don't know. I wasn't sure. I don't know. But yeah. then I decided that uh, this is more fun than the other two, which are below it from this season, which is Harsh Out of Day and The Freshman. Because I was thinking about putting it by Killed by Death, but put it above that. <laughs> well, I went the Killed by Death route. But Beer Bad, more fun than this episode, I've Way decided. more fun. Way more fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just I mean, it opened up so many more possibilities. Parker does get hit in both of them, but it is more cathartic to watch Buffy uh, do it. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. A good point. Oh, I love it. So. Oh, beer, I, I never thought I would agree with that. Beer Bad. Yeah. Wow. Who could have known? <laughs> a lot of good quotes, uh, but yeah, bad s- storyline just for the whole season has begun. And it's like, mm-hmm. ugh, God, I don't want it. Uh, but so much was right. Like the pacing was really good. They do the the cuts, which are really great. Uh, the score is really great. Minus the strumming guitar. <laughs> uh, minus the pop music played. Like the music was awesome and delightful. And especially um, when they're at the park bench, just the little do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Mm. It's just like, well, you know that there's no danger. It's so nice. Um, but something was off. It's like the hollowness of Riley and Buffy. I feel like it's going to be a theme. I just don't, I don't remember them at all being a couple. I don't remember what it's like for them to like kiss one another, or like be around one another. Like, ugh. their relationship sounds- always feels really one dimensional. Yeah. And I think that is because like they, Don will go on to say like, you don't make her crazy. Like everyone yeah. else does. Like she's definitely not a hundred percent in with him. Yeah. Yeah. But then she is when he leaves and she can't have him. <laughs> yes. Maybe that's what she's into. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Danger just, like, and something she can't have. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I just think that like this is the last time that we get to have Riley, innocent, sweet Riley, before we peek back the curtains mm-hmm. and we have big boy military man or whatever. Big boy military man. <laughs> and his, his big boy military boyfriend. <laughs> and Griff, what's his name? Graham? Graham. Graham. Oh my um, God. Griff. <laughs> the, the other guy. I think you've called him seven different names. It's amazing. Greg it. Griff. Yeah. I really hope you bring like a litany oh, of a G names of going forward. <laughs> I will try. Uh, yeah, they're just running around campus with guns. I mean, it's just instantly now that we know what has been happening, which again, nice subtle reveal seven episodes in. Uh, it's it's over. We can all take a step back and then just, I mean, luckily, you know, the episodes coming up are so good. But like, I just, I'm curious at how the uh, initiative even factors into them. So I'm curious to see how we go forward. And when she finds out, I don't know. I just don't remember any of this because it's stupid. I she doesn't it. find out until Hush. Oh, God. Wait. It's, it's only three it's episodes like from now. Episodes? Yeah. yeah. She just finds out and then they're just like together fighting crime. Well, they're they're both fighting the gentlemen independently of each other and they meet up in a clock tower for some reason and they turn around and it's each other. Like It's oh. like that Spider-Man moment. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then he's like. I can't see. <laughs> no, then there's a shoot like, in the head. Break the box, and he's like, "Oh, the jar!" And it's a cool slow motion moment where he breaks the wrong thing. Anyway, that's just great. We'll get to that. I can't wait. Yeah, uh, no, that's a great one. Anyways, yeah, that's it. I'm done. What do you? What did you rank it? Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ranking this one at number 114. Damn. Ooh. Where is that in relation to beer bad? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm curious. Let's see, beer bad. Or, uh, no, I ranked Beer Bad at 77. <gasps> wow, way higher. Yeah, Whoa, well, I love it. This was such a fun episode to it talk was. about. Well, this, 
had a great time talking, but it didn't. None of our stuff was like, oh, I see this in a different light. Mm-hmm. We were just piling on, and I love a good pile on. Oh, <laughs> check out Red Shirt Diaries over here. Spill much? Have a little cheese with that wine, you stupid clumsy bitch. <laughs> Up top. Oh, oh. You guys don't do pylons? We didn't do that for Beer Bad. We had genuine moments like the beginning of that that were genuinely exciting as hell. And I can't say there's a single moment in here that was like genuinely exciting as hell. At all. Like there were cool reveals, but like it will not... Just Xander talking with them outside and showing the license plate, like the banter between them was better in those 15 minutes in this entire episode. Yeah, the two best scenes in the episode are Harmony and Xander mm-hmm. fighting and then the spike, scary spike scene. So. And those are kind of just like, they're just kind of moments. You don't, you know, they're not really written or anything. Yeah, he did a great job. Petrie wrote some good jokes, but Jane, man, Jane wins every day. So, Oh my gosh, the initiative is in the books. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for season four, episode eight, Pangs. Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, I love it. Thanks, Daniel, what do you have to say for yourself? Goodbye. Stacia, what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Why me crack it? Why me roll? Why me crack that soldier boy? That Superman. She's compromising the area. At least she's not making crazy naked sex. Told you. Gee, I hope I'm not interrupting anything really depressing. I've seen honest faces before. They usually come attached to liars.